Good morning. Thanks for joining us for our service today. A couple of weeks ago, I got a message on my phone that said there had been an increase in thefts in Cheredzi. You can bet for the next several nights, I was on high alert. Any sound after dark, and I was out with my flashlight to investigate. But even while I was sleeping, it would seem like somehow I could hear a noise. I would wake up and go out to see if there was a potential invader. Now, at our house, it was always just business as usual. I'm sure they were sounds there most nights, but because I was on high alert, I suddenly was noticing them. But it was just the cat going in and out of the shed, the dogs making their nightly routines around the yard, or a branch falling. Now, for a few nights, I guess it would be helpful to be on high alert. But if I kept that up very long, pretty soon I'd be so exhausted, I'd make a pretty bad watch guard. And I'd also start being a pretty bad father, a pretty bad husband, not able to get much done. That's the problem with worry. In the short term, it can be helpful, but in the long term, it starts to make us feel exhausted. It starts to poison our relationships. It, it starts to make everything in our life seem a little bit worse. I think that's why Jesus commands his followers not to allow worry to be a habit in their life. In one of the most famous sermons that Jesus gave, the Sermon on the Mount, um, he commands his followers, he says this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Well, pause right there. Jesus commands his followers not to worry. On the surface, that seems impossible. Most of us don't want to be worried, but worried seems like something that happens to us. We're staying awake late at night because of an exam tomorrow, because of finances, because of a meeting, because of a pandemic. Uh, we don't want to worry, but it just seems like it's gotten a hold of our thinking. What I love about this section is Jesus helps us walk through some ideas, some principles that can help to release the grip of worry on your life. And it's important that we do it. He'll say in verse 27, because of which of you have added even an hour to your life by worrying? Jesus points out that worry doesn't help. It doesn't help fix our problems. It's not making us a better leader or a sharper thinker. It's just causing us to become more irritable, to cause us to lose sleep. You see, just like when I go into high alert, when I think there's a theft in the yard, and sounds that were normal suddenly seem to me like potential threats, when we worry or live in anxiety for a period of time, people in our lives start to seem more irritating. I, I, I could put it this way, that worry makes everyone else seem worse. Let me say that again. Worry makes everyone else seem worse. Suddenly your kids seem like they're not behaving as well. You're trying to teach them, but they just don't get it. Your spouse seems just a little bit more grating. Everything that's going on, your patience is just running a little bit shorter. Your, your fuse is just kind of already used up. It's kind of like with allergies. Your immune system goes into high alert and, and suddenly it starts to interpret every speck of dust, every particle of pollen as a potential life-threatening virus. And it launches your whole immune system into attack and your eyes are swelling and you're coughing and your nose is running and you just feel terrible because it says, I'm going to get rid of all of this dust when in all actuality, dust is harmless. Well, in the same way, we can start to become irritated with our kids and our spouse. We don't want to hang out with them as much. We're finding this whole lockdown thing about to drive us crazy, but it may be a sign that we're allowing worry and anxiety to change the way we see the world. Well, Jesus is going to give us some advice in this passage on how to deal with worry. He's going to say in verse 26, first, well, consider the birds of the air. 
I mean, they don't plan, they don't you know, have a, a giant stock investment portfolio, and yet their Heavenly Father provides them with enough to eat. Aren't you more valuable to God than birds? Well, there's some amazing things going on here. Let's look at a couple of them. First, birds can't plan ahead, at least not that far. One of the gifts that God has given humanity is the ability to plan ahead. That we can, you know, invest for the future. We can, you know, prepare for a coming storm. We can keep a spare tire in the trunk. I don't think Jesus is saying that we shouldn't be responsible. But with that planning also comes the potential that when we're faced with a future that we can't control, when we look out at the world and realize that we are not God, we can't make things happen in the future. We're filled with anxiety. Well, like a bird, you see, a bird is given enough to eat in the moment. And if you think about it, God has already given you quite a bit right now. The first tool, I think, to help us combat against worry is gratitude. Gratitude, my wife often says this, gratitude helps make what we have enough. Right? Gratitude takes our attention away from what we don't have and kind of look at what we do have. You see the kids that seem irritating and the spouse that, see that we're you know, feeling kind of annoyed by at various times are meant to be a gift that God has given us, not just a responsibility to take care of, but as part of the thing meant to give our life joy. It's literally what you were made for. That's why God gave it to you. Gratitude helps us to realize that when we approach the day as a gift that God has given us, God has given you this lockdown as a gift. It's an opportunity. It's, it, it's, God has put you at this place at this time for a reason. And gratitude helps, open our, helps bring our attention to right in front of us. Now, let me just digress here for a second. In this world of 24-hour news, where and we have our alerts coming in on our cell phones all the time, it's possible that we're getting just a little bit too much knowledge about a world that are, is outside of our control and responsibility. Um, you know, news is food. And any food in access is not healthy. If you're consuming more than 15 to 30 minutes of news about the greater world per day, may I suggest to you that you may be having a little bit too much attention on things that are really outside of your control and outside of your responsibility. It may be time to go on a little bit of a news diet to cut back on that so that you can put your attention primarily on the people right around you and in front of you. I think that's why, as we move toward our second tool, if you look down in verse 28, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else falls into place. Everything else will be added to it. Jesus is saying, instead of being consumed by what we're worried about tomorrow, which isn't helping, doesn't add anything, doesn't help us live any longer, isn't solving the problems, instead, focus our attention on those actions of seeking God first in this moment. Now, at least for me, when I think about seeking God, I I think it's important to think about in terms of routines and habits. What habits and routines can you put into your day to seek God? Now, this does some amazing things for us when we think about worry. If you were to to write down uh, right now on a piece of paper, tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock, I'm going to wake up and read my Bible. I'm going to do what I think God would want me to do. I'm going to read my Bible and pray for 15 minutes. At 8 o'clock, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to stay healthy because I think God would want me to be healthy. And as Trevor Chidodo, the guy who runs the gym that operates out of our church, has told many young men who are facing stress from exams, working out is a great way to relieve stress in a healthy way. Now, if you were to write that down, and then tomorrow morning you would wake up and do what you plan to do, something amazing happens. 
in a world where everything is outside of control, you've drawn your attention to at least what part of the world can be controlled at 7 o'clock in the morning. You can control what you do. By establishing habits and routine, you primarily put your attention on those actions in the present to do what you know you should and could be doing. It helps you not to waste this lockdown, but it also helps remind you that, yes, much of the world is outside of your control, but not all of it. And God has given you a service, ministry, an opportunity. What if you were to write down on a piece of paper before church ends today, you were to write down saying, I want to call everyone in my immediate family and pray with them for at least a couple of minutes before this day is over. And by the time this day is over, you look down at that list where that's been checked off and you you remember there is a lot about COVID we can't control, but that doesn't mean we can't control anything. We can choose to seek God first, His kingdom And it's amazing how worry starts to lessen in our attention. Well, I want us to look at one final principle, and that's this. Jesus says um, in verse 27 to look at the the grass of the field. And and he talks about the flowers as they grow. Even though the grass grows and then it's cut and it's thrown into the fire, are you not much more valuable than grass? Both of these times, God has been reminding you that you are valuable to him that he has a plan for your life. You see, at the root of worry is this thought that maybe God isn't paying attention. Maybe God won't take care of my family tomorrow. Maybe it's all up to me and I don't know if it's going to work out. Worry is rooted in a lack of trust in God. But the way Jesus talks about it, it's not to scold you saying, "Mm -mm -mm. you don't even have enough trust to wake up at night. No, 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 I, I think the way he describes it, don't you realize how much more valuable you are than all of these, right? You are so precious to God. He's not, he's not saying that the, the root of this worry is to beat yourself up even more that, oh great, I'm worried about tomorrow and uh, I'm not trusting God enough. What he's saying is stop and think about for a second how much God has already done for you in the last season of your life. So just stop and take inventory. Maybe you, were, you remember the financial crisis that hit the world in 2008. It was even worse in Zimbabwe where the currency completely died. The Zim dollar went from trillions of dollars to one and all the stores were empty. And yet, God got us through. We leaned on each other and we helped serve each other in new ways. We were given opportunities by God that it was amazing, but yet God got us through somehow. I know I I could even point your attention to how God got you through high school. I know now some of those trials seem almost funny, but they weren't at the time. At the time, you faced troubles in high school that you thought were earth-shattering. And yet God got you through. And sometimes the things that you faced that you thought, I'm never going to get over this, were the very point of change where God introduced you to a new friend, a new discipline, a new idea that helped change your life. And if God has brought you that far, well... As the hymn writer John Newton wrote in Amazing Grace, he said, through, danger, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. And tis grace that's brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. If God has brought you safe this far, we can look back and see that all that God has done, and what happens is what seemed like worry and completely outside of our control was keeping us awake at night. We look and we see all that God has done, and we can't help but looking back to God and start crying, thank you, God, for all that you have done. Our worry gets transformed into worship. 
We allow worship to dictate the pulse of our life, saying, I don't know what's coming next. And I know that it probably won't work out in the way that I'm expecting, but I know his, if his eye is on the sparrow, then I know he watches me. I don't know about you, but maybe if your family has seemed a little bit more irritating than they should, your friends have been rubbing you the wrong way, you've been watching a bit too much news, you've allowed entertainment to dominate your schedule, maybe you are allowing worry to have too strong of a grip on your life, and maybe it's time to allow gratitude, godly habits and routines, but ultimately worship to say, God, I want to transform this worry back into something more useful. I want to cry out in worship to you. As Pastor Mark said at the beginning, please use this link and we'll send you some discussion questions that you can use to discuss with your family or your friends. And we can help you to stay connected even during this time of isolation, that we wouldn't just survive the crisis, but use it as an opportunity to thrive.